0: Hello and welcome to the BG podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Joining us is associate Hannah Garcia to talk about the now new 2023 Austin City Council. Welcome to the show, Hannah.
1: Good morning, everyone.
0: All right, so again waking up to a new or finally a new council. We had the runoffs last night to decide for the remaining seats. And um, these were all these were all open seats in the general election last month. Um they included the mayor. District three, district five, and district nine. Um, so, Hannah, I'll start with you. Just any initial impressions?
1: Yeah, I think I was overall pretty surprised by um, just the mayoral race um, and way? how that vote broke down. I think I don't, I mean, I definitely need to check if I'm right on this, but I don't think any Austin, mayor of Austin has ever lost Travis County and then won the still one mayor hmm And so I think that was really interesting just to see. Obviously, it was very, very close. Yeah, I'm looking at it if,
0: now. I mean, I'm looking at just conventional numbers, but uh, you know, and this was a race between the runoff rate election rather between um Kirk Watson and Silly Israel. Uh and Watson won by hundred and eighty-six votes.
1: Yeah, so. he um he definitely showed up in Williamson County. Mm-hmm. Um I was also looking at the data and he got about um, in early voting, he got about 6,400 mail-in ballots mm-hmm. compared to, you know, Israel's, I think she got 3,400. And so I think, you know, that's a huge amount of votes from mail-in ballots. And so um, for me, I think it was very indicative of the fact of that, you know, older people were voting in this election.
0: Mm-hmm. We saw a number, or at least we, we saw some numbers reported from um, Jack Craver with, uh, I think, the Austin political uh, newsletter. Probably getting that wrong. I put it in the show notes. But eventually... Um, you know, it was higher rates of even people like in their I mean People, there were more people in their seventies voting, than people in their thirties. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that trends. will more. I mean, broadly in runoffs, I mean, more engaged electorate tends to be older in general. Yeah. And they're more which off. was,
1: I think, I think it's also kind of you know we did see a much older electorate this time around. However, you know, Zoe. Still we'll get up. to that.
0: We'll get to that too about just the overall change, you know, the overall age shift in council too. But let's continue. So, you know, in any event, we have a new mayor. Um, I was looking at the the overall map, I've been dug fully into it, but beyond you know uh Watson winning, you know, those parts of Williamson County, just the overall kind of break in the city of Boston proper, right? Yeah, I mean we'll put the link to the Travis County uh clerk's um uh, notes or not notes, the Travis County uh, the map link. But, I mean, it's pretty divided. I mean, not clearly on I-35, but that was – I mean, I would say that's probably a defining border. I think that's important for viewers or listeners, rather, who aren't familiar with Austin. Um, I-35 has historically been the dividing line between West Austin, which is white and wealthy, and East Austin, which was poor, black, and brown. And obviously, that's changing now with gentrification and everything else, right? Which is interesting, too, right? Because that was historic East Austin, by and large, but obviously for those who've been in Austin in the last ten years, East Austin, it's it's definitely probably as wealthy or up there, and as it's getting whiter, right? And but and so that's sort of thing from Mueller million dollar homes down. to, I mean, even everything in Central East Austin, would be million dollar homes. Um, but overall, the dividing line may have been more ideological. To, you know, they're both Democrats, but center to the left versus more to the left.
1: Yeah, and I, I also think like. um, we're seeing, you know, the residual effects of kind of based off of the map, just how the city was built and planned, you know, over the past hundred years. I think after I saw that map, I immediately, you know, wanted to look at the city's 1928 plan, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: historically kind of, I think was the first like clear factor of the fact that the city was planned and, you know, all of this stuff was put in to be racist and segregate the city. And so looking at the map, I was just, looking at it and I was like, this looks like straight up segregation. <laughs> like, I mean, like,
0: yeah, well, I, I, I think about that. Right. And maybe that was the case 30 years ago. But I mean, we've, if you go, if you go I mean, if you've been if you've lived in Austin, I mean, I've lived here since 90, I moved here in 91, right? My parents did and I was eight, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's vastly becoming just gentrified. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, there's still, you know, it's, there's still, it's still, you know, there's still pocking you know, of black, you know, you know, black and brown neighborhoods over there, but a lot of that history, you know, just the people who live there are moving out or, you know, one way or another because of tax, you know, landing or home or home price, home sorry, what is it? Uh property tax increases. Sorry, it's uh, seven thirty in the morning, <laughs> property tax increases or things like that, right? But overall, it's you know, there's one. So I'll give you an example, right? District one was drawn to be a, um a, an opportunity zone for a black candidate to win, right? Mm-hmm. And that was drawn that way, just taking into account. Okay, where you work, know, where, where could a black candidate win based on just the, the black population being? I'd posit as we go into the later part of this decade in the 2030s, that number is going to go down, right? And we'll see, but you know, so I mean, I think it's that's. We have, without having a lens of where, where the East Austin is right now, and where it's likely going, right? I would agree. So I don't know if it's more along ideological lines, right? Like less, I mean, East Austin is, Central East Austin and up to like Mueller is whiter and richer than it was 30 years ago. It's only going to become yeah, yeah. more that way, right? So what else could be, what's, you know, past that, right? I mean, color kind of, that's the obvious thing, but to me, it's more, it, it's more just there's, while the wealth may be equivalent. It's it's the it's a younger or just a different political leaning, right? Especially like areas like Mueller Sherry Wood, as opposed to Pemberton Heights.
1: Yeah, right? yeah and I or think, um, um, Clarksville. Yeah, and I think renters also, are, you know, a huge force in this city now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know, just with the news being focused on affordable housing and the you know very very um, harsh reality of what it's like to pay rent in this city. Um, People showed up, they knew that affordable housing was on the ballot, and um, that was pretty indicative, I think, in a lot of the votes.
0: Got it. Um, uh, any surprises in D3? Um, let
1: me that was let me, remember was Jose who that Velasquez. Was.
0: yeah, I oh. mean, that that one to me, just looking no, at it, I, I, don't I thought it'd be close, yeah. I mean, I thought, I mean, they both ran strong ground games. Um, I thought Jose would, would take it. Um, I wasn't really surprised by that. Uh, but d d5 thoughts on that it was ryan alter and stephanie bazon
1: uh that actually did surprise me um i really didn't expect it to be that um uh i didn't expect ryan to get as many votes as he did i think you know we saw stephanie run a very heavy you know boots on the ground campaign where she was you know knocking on doors and being very you know, engaged in the community so i think that was a bit weird um, yeah that you know, was
0: one i mean that was the that was the that was the race that got decided. That was the first race of the night to get decided. And that was pretty early, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, it just, a few factors there, D5, you know, that was it, or still Council Member Kitchen's district. It was interesting to me going into this cycle because she ran unopposed for a final term last cycle, or in the, in the last election. And so there wasn't, you know, there hadn't been a clear pool of folks, you know, identified until now, on that but yeah i think it's you know she ran a strong campaign i was looking at at that her campaign through the lens of some other past elections uh i think notably like council council woman councilwoman uh fuentes's race strong ground game um you know demographics are a little different d5 has a you know obviously it's more south central but also i compared it to like you know council member uh ellis's race her first her, uh her first d8 race um, as well. So, you know, I guess it's kind of one of those any given Sunday moments, though. Like, you know, there's a lot of speculation. You look at past trends and then what is good until they're not.
1: Yeah. And I, I think right? she, they both ran great campaigns. I think Stephanie's got a great political career ahead of her if she choo- chooses to mm-hmm. do so.
0: And then uh D9, District 9. This is downtown, CBD, the CBD up through West Campus and Mueller. And what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So I live in D9. So I was very, very interested in to yeah. d9 and i was um i think i was surprised about the breakdown overall and this was this just, was the
0: tightest race of the night too
1: yeah i honestly coming into this i did not expect zo to pull it off i i really did think that you know ut wasn't going to show up i thought that you know the younger electorate was just not going to was not going to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, looking at the, at the vote breakdown, you know, he got all of West campus and UT um, and then other portions of like um, Hyde Park. He didn't get any of like North campus or downtown. And so I think, you know, he really did mobilize that 18 to 24 demographic. And um, I think I, you know, I'm really, really proud because I do, I always kind of seen like UT is this, like, it doesn't do anything in elections and so to see him win an election with pretty much, you know, students, I I think that was incredibly incredible. He ran a great campaign. Um, I, I'm i just like, honestly, like in shock that he was able to do that, you know, because relying on young people to vote is probably like the biggest risk you can take. Mm-hmm. And he pulled it off and I'm, I'm really excited. I think, you know, this is the first time we have like, you know, we're going from Kathy Tobo, who was pretty um, not hostile towards development, but she would she'll stop More it. More than be
0: camp, yeah. yeah and then, and she'd also been elected – You know, she'd held that seat for well, in the past iteration of council into this one for eleven years, right? So yeah, yeah. Since I think come Com- back to Zoe, maybe. Just the fact, I mean, him winning. I mean, him being able to mobilize at the UT campus, they've been talking for a long time, right? It was like a sleeping giant, right? If someone yeah. could just get these these kids to go vote. You can you know you can you can turn an election and he, him doing it. I mean, it's more a matter of when, not if he did it. And I think in the overall dynamics of council, I mean, at most, he has a TS2, he has eight years in office in the current seat without a petition. But mm-hmm. what it more, you know, macro presents is a, a playbook for how future candidates in this district can win, and that definitely changes the dynamics, right? Because historically, I think your to your point, the surprise of though winning was more. You know, Linda Guerrero going in this race had the traditional neighborhood block, the mach- neighborhood machine that had put kept, you know propelled Kathy Toe in office and kept her there, right? And that was the same group that was behind Linda, and so Zoe really had to create a whole new coalition of folks you know to come out and, and vote for him. And now, you know, to credit, so did so did uh, Celia Israel, right? Mm-hmm. And the, in the general, a lot of the, you know she mobilized student vote as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and with um. Just kind of going from Kathy to Zoe, I think there is, I'm, I think there's more of like a question, you know, did kind of the past couple, 11 years kind of, you know, stick in people's heads, especially the younger people? You know, I, I definitely know that like my age cohort from like 18 to about 25, you know, we remember stuff. Like we, we remember 2008. Um, we, Remember, you know, kind of when things used to be affordable in Austin. You know, we constantly hear like things used to be different. And So I think, you know, I'm wondering is this a rejection of you know kind of the NIMBY crowd by us? We'll see. Just you know, is this just a level of you know he mobilized UT? So you know, I I mean, keep in mind,
0: Zoe also in his background. I mean, he he came from a he had a a campaign background, Mm -hmm. right? So he, you know, I think it wasn't just. Him being able to mobilize those vote, the youth, the youth vote, the U well, T the vote, was was the fact. I mean, a major factor of that was he had a strong. I mean, he came from the campaign world, a national campaign world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he, it wasn't a. I mean, it wasn't like a fluke thing. I think he of all of all people, were running, had the background experience and the connections. You know, at least the yeah you know, machine, the, the connections to to get that done, and he did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was also and, his um his anniversary, I think. With his wife in the past few days, so I congratulations to him. You know, a council seat.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so let's look. You know, we're gonna, we'll come back uh, for part two and for some deeper analysis, right? But the overall council makeup now it definitely skews young. So we have, um, I think, Ryan Alter, and council member elect Alter, which is gonna be confusing because there's two Alter. Another we all two alters on council. Yeah, council member uh, Allison Alter in D seven, and council member Ryan Alter in D five. Councilmember Alter, I believe, is 33. Zoe is Zo's in his late He's 32, 20s. 32, I believe. 32. or, or my looks young. Late later 32. Um, you know, Mayor, you know, Watson's probably a little was little older than Adler. Uh, uh, who are we missing here? Oh, yeah, Jose, you know, the council member Velasquez is gonna replace Pio. He's I think Jose is about 42. Overall, though, we're going to see just a shift, you know, I well, we can do the, the numbers for the part two, but that we're overall a younger council. And I think, uh, you know, I'm curious, well, a you know, relatively younger council, but overall a council that skews more, I would say, Yemby, more pro-development change, right? Or yeah. at least you think more the possibility of us, you know, for those who aren't familiar with see Austin City politics, um, just one the, of the looming issues amongst others is reform our, reforming our land development code. The code hasn't been revised since 1983 when I was born and city of Austin, obviously it was a different town, was a town back then. It is definitely not a town today. Um, that's been a point of contention on council. Um, they all, I think, generally agree that the code needs to be reformed, but it got down to the, as it does in politics, the, the details of that and it gets stymied. So I view overall this council, um, the the block that was ne- necessarily for overall land use reform, I believe, is diminished here. Particularly, I think the D nine seat was a linchpin for that, Yeah. right? Yeah. Particularly because I mean that was you know I think beyond the mayor, I view that seat, um, you know that that D nine covers it's a, it covers the downtown area, right? It covers us. All the business or all the growth, I mean the major growth economically is happening right in Austin. And um, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But I think broadly the hope is I mean, I'm sure from the uh the uh the pro development crowd, well not pro-development, the this land reform development uh crowd that there's there's hope more than yeah, was no, yesterday. I
1: I definitely am, am, am more of the like urbanism. Camp urbanist and, yeah,
0: there, the urbanist crowd yes
1: um and i i was you know as soon as i heard about zoe i was like you know i think it was like nine months ago i was like there's no way and then slowly he started building attraction. And i think um a lot of us pro-development people kind of coalesced around him and i think you know just the level of like education and care that they handled you know their voters with it definitely helped mm-hmm. um and just not being very ho- so hostile towards um because i know it can get pretty uh Oh, gonna be dicey, some, yeah.
0: Well, I will say too, we think to pro development. It's not so much pro development. It's just understanding that, and I, I hold this view. I mean, you know, a diverse supply of different kinds of housing, mixed or you know, the missing middle duplexes, fourplexes, is, is a good thing for Austin, right? Yeah, everyone, yeah. What everyone want can afford. Well, as we know, everyone can afford a single family home, and everyone everyone wants that. So,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But we shall see. I mean, I think you know. Again, so beyond we'll dig deeper into some some more thoughts on council as we get some coffee in us uh today but one of the things on my top of my mind now is staff for all of them yeah so at least for the, the new members right and also staff moves to the current council uh council gets sworn in on January 6th and then the first meeting the first work session is on the 24th of January. And the first regular meetings in the 26th. So between now and then it's staff time, I think you know, everyone obviously the member the people in those seats and the dice are important, but I would posit as equally important are who they have behind them drive, shaping their policy and driving their policy. And yeah, who yeah. they pick, who they you know in the, just who they select, I think is um for those who have any interest or business around council is is of equal importance the people who are the ones actually voting on these items.
1: Yeah, and I, I think um they've got pretty fast turnaround. Um they didn't have too late of a night last night. So um hopefully they can rest up and then get on that.
0: Yeah, if you know for those for looking to to work with this council or, or you know, work with a council member, now's the time. Don't be shy to do it. I would email these folks. Um I think most of them, I don't believe, had they made it had, I don't think it was on their mind till they won, which I which I get. So but now they got a little, what, a little under a month to get at least a Chiefs pick and then maybe a policy person. So I would uh, get on that if you're looking to work in a council office. I think it's, uh, you know, it'll be, it's, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting time. It'll be the 1st It'll be the newest council overall we've had since 10 1. Mm-hmm. And um, sure to be some, I think just the shakeup in terms of the, you know, some, the, some different personalities on there and how they're going to form up will be interesting to watch as well um and we'll be watching obviously so anything else to add for part one
1: um no i think it was just overall um with low voter turnout i was still pretty surprised by how the you know kind of everything shook out
0: yeah and we'll get more on the, ver- the voter voter t- as well because i think overall ended up being what's 12 uh, like maybe 12 percent if that
1: yeah it was less than 15
0: yeah. yeah yeah i'll say y'all again votes your vote matters right local elections i mean these again Federal, you know, we, federal, state elections, obviously, a lot of those get a lot of coverage. But these local votes, these are the folks who're gonna be voting on, you know, how how much a parking meter should go, right? I mean, like those little things though that really touch your daily life, and they yeah, matter.
1: Like when you're walking your dog at night, you know, those street lights. That's mm-hmm. city council.
0: It ma- I mean, it matters, y'all. So I mean, obviously, this election's done, but we'll have, a bet. We'll have several council elections going on in 2024, and actually, on that note too, including the mayor. So, because yeah. of last or two springs ago, Prop D that passed this realigned the council, the mayoral elections with uh, the presidential elections. The only reason that didn't happen because Adler was termed out in 20 this year in 22, uh, the person who ran for mayor would only hold, have a two year term. So, um, you know, now it's, it's Watson; he's in for two years, and um, we'll TBD on what he does after that. But, you know, what that comes down to is whoever, you know, Watson in this seat has, has a, you know, maybe what, a year and a half, really. I mean, campaign, well, campaign season for mayor. I'm sure there are people out there who want to run for mayor outright for a four-year term in 24 are looking at that. And we'll, you know, that'll probably start happening. I mean, it's funny we're thinking of this now, but it'll happen like tomorrow. It'll happen like that. Yeah. That'll yeah. start, that's, that's spring, summer 24, right? Yeah. So we have, January 6th through what so a month I mean sorry a year and six months before you know the 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 gears start turning again yeah o- and, and, or at least openly
1: yeah maybe less than that and so yeah
0: and we say that I mean it's just we wish we wish the council well it's just the reality of where we're at with a two-year term and I don't think most people knew that on on the whole um that there would be that way and so and the reason they changed it was they wanted to this I think aligning the, the mayoral election the president election was given the mayor is only at large council member. I mean, I think it made sense, but I don't think most people know that or they, they, they did. They forgot. They forgot about it. It was two years ago almost. Right. So, yeah.
1: And I also, I compare it to like house members, you know, they're on two year terms and mm-hmm. they are so busy. Cause you know, it's like, as soon as they get in there, it's like, okay, not only are they doing policy and legislation and all their, you know, regular job, but they're also calling, you know, to get support. They're mm-hmm. calling to get endorsements. They're calling to get, um you know, fundraising money. And so it's like, you know, you're running a campaign while you're running a, an actual office. And I, I definitely um, have some sympathy for that because that's going to be rough.
0: Yeah. But on, on the flip side too, you know, just with that span, potential for a lot of things that interesting things that are interesting things, just pol- yeah, policies to be proposed that may have taken a little longer because you have time, you know, in this, at least this, this first stretch, the mayor needs to, the mayor needs to get going.
1: Yeah. I mean, they all, I mean, it always
0: always get going right, but there's really time to, to do something effective in that you know before November 24, it's today, right? Yeah. And that's I mean that's that's it, just that's the it if it's still getting this one it would have been, been the same thing. Time you don't have four years, right? Yeah. You don't have a year, you don't even have a year to really get. get I mean you you don't have like first year. You can get get your staff going, kind of get the your feet under you. This it's it's Right, yo, know, you, you gotta go like yesterday, so
1: yeah, I think that's where it's kind of a good thing that Kirk is, you know, gonna be mayor because he's done this before.
0: Though, um, the caveat, though, I mean, he did, he has, but that was also under a prior form of council, yeah. right? And that was a smaller council, and they were all at large. The city's also ch- different, right? And again, wish him well, but I mean, I think those, those were. I I think it'd it'd be fair to say he's been in a position to administer a committee, you know, a council, right? But the demographics changed. You know, again, it was at large. We have districts now. And we're all, you know, for those who aren't aware as well, Austin's not a strong mayor city. Our city, we're council manager form government. Our city manager, Spencer Crunk, is the CEO of the city essentially and handles the day-to-day administration of everything in the town he has he has ACM or assistant managers and so on but Houston on the other hand where the mayor is the executive and everything ultimately flows through his his or her desk so here um you know Watson essentially is the, or you know mayor elect Watson is the chairman of the board which is the council but those members also have their own priorities and everything else and he still has one of 11 votes so yeah. how I think as well, both staff picks for what for the for Mayor Leg Watson as well as, and we'll see, right? I think it a lot of speculation. Again, you know, what's the style going to be and experience? Ultimately, though, it, you know, you, we'll, the, this, we'll see it in real time in January. But how you navigate and manage and work or work with those per, the person the various personalities and interests of those council members is, um, you yeah, know, that's it's, it's to be determined.
1: Yeah, and we'll see Kirk, soon. Kirk is no is no stranger to having to work with people he doesn't agree with you know sexist in it was definitely rough
0: <laughs> that's very true all right this is part one of the of our post uh, 2022 runoff or austin city council runoff uh analysis we'll be back uh, in a little while of part two